This question is from Yang Yang, a young retreatant here at Wat Mop Chan. He's eight years old. Respected Venerable, I have a question to ask. If two countries are at war, one is the aggressor and the other is the defender. If the defender kills the aggressor and vice versa, which side accumulates heavier karma? My martial arts teacher told me that there will be war when I grow up. If I were to defend my country, I fear that killing the aggressor might lead me to hell. Vernable, please advise if there is a better choice. Before answering the question, we reflect that this is something that uh, the war is something that hasn't arisen yet and you are now eight years old and thinking that in the future there may be a war breaking out and you want to think about the issue beforehand but maybe it doesn't arise and so now is the time that you should be determined to practice the Dhamma, to be more established in the principles of the Dhamma, practicing dana, generosity, developing goodness. If you're a child, then you should be diligent in your studies, be a good child to your parents, be established in sila have good moral conduct uh, don't burden your parents um, if you have uh, thoughts that are uh, unskillful worrying about uh, harming others you should develop metta meditation you can have an intention to help others who are in hardships and difficulties or not well off, you have joy uh, at others' goodness when they receive good things. And you can reflect that being born into this world, you won't meet uh, or you will likely meet with people who have defilements of greed, anger, delusion, and who don't have sila because they have that delusion there. People in this world aren't 100% uh, good. Um, and so when there's people like this uh, and they meet with suffering, then you don't add to their suffering because everyone wants to have happiness and doesn't want to have suffering. But this suffering arises from people's delusion and ignorance. If a war does truly break out, then the aggressors are likely to be doing it because of fear. They have a fear that they may have some dangers, and so they may attack first. Uh, but it's coming from 
these defilements of greed, anger, and delusion, uh, these defilements lead them to make karma. And the country that is the defender, they don't have that intention to attack or to harm, uh, but they need to protect their country. And so then uh, they must fight. They may not want to harm the other country, but if they don't, then they'll receive harm. So they, the defenders, they need to establish their intentions well. They need to do so out of protecting their country, protecting the people there. They can think that they are protecting their loved ones, their families, uh, the people of their country. And so if one really needs to fight in that way, then one should establish one's intentions well, look after one's mind well. If you're asking if you're defending and have to kill uh, the others who are attacking, is that karma? Then yes, it is karma. But one has to, if one is in that position, one needs to establish then the intention that one is doing so for the benefit of uh, the people in one's country. And so this type of action has both merit and demerit. In the text, there's a story of one of the Buddha's uh, past lives when he was a king. And in that city, there was a yaka, a big demon as such, uh, and maybe had a lot of strength, maybe 20 times more so than a human being. And it also ate humans and constantly and the buddha of our, uh, the bodhisattva then had wisdom and was able to overcome this yaka defeat it and because he had a lot of strength and he had to do so because the yaka was harming a lot of human beings and when the buddha had caught the Bodhisattva had caught the Yaka, then the Yaka asked the Buddha that you are, you desire you to become a Buddha in the future. If you kill me now, then your lifespan then will be reduced to 80 years. Uh, but the Bodhisattva, out of necessity to protect the people, had to um, kill the Yaka. And so if one has really has a necessity like that, then one needs to establish one's intentions well to be meritorious and good. One, if one has to defend one's country, then one establishes the intention that one is doing it in order to protect and not to let the people who are coming to harm good people, um, not to let them do bad karma. And so that's their intention. They don't want the 
bad people to do worse karma, which would cause them more suffering later. And so in that way, then the merit can protect one. Uh, and one should, if one has thoughts like this, one should develop uh, metta meditation. May there be no wars, no harm and no ill will and, and uh, hostilities. Next is a next question is from an anonymous physical retreatant. How do I practice non-self, letting go of me, mine, as a lay person? Letting go requires wisdom. If we let go temporarily, then fullness and peace arise temporarily. And this is something a lay person can do. So we need to have effort, be determined in it. Firstly, we have patient endurance. We have the patience to maintain sila. We have the patience in our meditation. We have patience to develop goodness. We have the effort to abandon all that is bad or the unskillfulness and we and we are like born anew firstly we're born as just an ordinary worldly being who has all the defilements that does everything out of a sense of self and this causes suffering to arise we are full of jealousy and envy all the defilements this is on the level of a worldly ordinary being then we listen to dhamma we learn dhamma and we start to struggle against the defilements this is like we're born anew we're born as a good person one who has sila Dhamma, even though we have a me and mine, but it's a me and mine that we take to abandon the unskillful and to build merit. In the beginning, we can contemplate that there isn't, or it isn't a me, it isn't mine, even though this is coming from our memories and perceptions, but we can promote it to become wisdom to arise bit by bit we keep the five precepts on the observance days or on retreat sessions like uh, this one then you keep the eight precepts and so you're building goodness bit by bit and then you can have dana as a normal habit you keep sila regularly and you can build goodness as something that is a part of your life and this is a, a mind that is skillful and good this is already on the level where the body is a human being but the mind is like a dewa and then our mindfulness and samadhi starts to gather together the path factors of sila samadhi panya start to gather together and someone who has parami spiritual development 
may be able then to see into anatta, not-self, seeing that everything is emptiness, seeing into the three characteristics of impermanence, unsatisfactoriness, and not-self, seeing this then great rapture and fullness of mind arises, and this one can experience even as a lay person. But even if you don't see this, but you have the faith there, and you have the determination to practice and to learn the Dhamma, your training in developing mindfulness and samadhi, you contemplate and teach yourself that life is uncertain, death is certain, life must end in death. Venerable Ajahn Chah taught that everything is important, but letting go is even more important. So as lay people, you have so many things that are important and this causes a lot of agitation in the mind. But we should contemplate then that letting go is even more important. If you attach to goodness, then it becomes wrong. If you attach to unskillfulness and you don't let it go, then it is wrong again. If you have happiness and you attach to that happiness, then it becomes a cause for suffering to arise. So you need to have a lot of wisdom and you keep training yourself like this and you slowly will improve and get better. Next is from an anonymous physical retreatant. Uh, retreatant. When I meditate at night, after observing the breath for less than five minutes, I feel like dozing off. At this time, should one continue with meditation without quality or just go to sleep and resume later when awake? You have to look at the time that you have so that which obstructs the mind from becoming peaceful is the hindrances, the hindrances of drowsiness, sleepiness. And so some may, whenever they sit meditation, that's when they become drowsy and fall asleep. They are really taken up that sleepiness as a habit of theirs and this is an obstacle to their practice yeah, but for some maybe through the whole day they've had a lot of work on or they've been practicing meditating all day and the body is very tired and fatigued and it needs rest but for those who have good samadhi they may be able to pass over that um, hindrance of drowsiness, sleepiness, and the samadhi arises. But there may be a lot of this, um, this sleepiness, drowsiness, more than one's strength is able to um, overcome. And so if one's very sleepy, then one can try to change posture one can also try to wash one's face, try to make the mind uh, brighter, and then can come back uh, when the mind's brighter to sit meditation again. 
if one is still sleepy, then um, that may be enough for that session and one can rest with mindfulness and not um, find happiness in their sleep. And then when one wakes up, one is determined to wake up early and uh, when it's a uh, conducive conditions there in the morning and then train in one's mindfulness and samadhi and then this will have benefit then like that but if one at night is just sitting and then falling asleep as well then this won't give results in one's practice next question is from uh, hong yulong a physical retreatant here during sitting meditation, my legs ache, feel numb, and become sore, making it hard to bear. During this continuous torture, my mind is filled with unbearable pain and suffering. How do I maintain mindfulness? Uh, you need to be aware of the strength that you have, the strength of your mindfulness, samadhi, and wisdom. If the mind does have strength, then uh, you may be able to go against these painful feelings uh, somewhat. You can try to endure it, be patient with it, patient with the pain, forbear the soreness and the, the torture you feel, even to the point where maybe you break out in a sweat. If you have the inner strength, then you may be able to forbear and endure it like that. And then with this forbearance, you may be able to overcome these painful feelings altogether. It's something that maybe after a long time, you can try once, uh, try it out. Uh, but if you're not able to endure it, then you can change your posture, uh, sit in a chair. Uh, in the beginning, when you're training the mind, starting to meditate, then you, you don't have much mindfulness and samadhi. So you should then change your posture instead. Mm. Some monks, they may practice and they're about to enter into samadhi and then a mosquito bites them and it disturbs them and then they can't enter the samadhi then. But then they are aware of this and they become determined that if the mosquito bites, just let it bite. And they would just endure it. They won't be interested in it at all. And then they try to enter into samadhi. Mm -hmm. And Venerable said he has his own experience of this, that mm -hmm. the mosquito bit him and he had rapture come up in the mind. The mosquito would bite again and then rapture would again arise in the mind. And after finishing this sit, sitting meditation, he had he opened his eyes and he looked at his arm and couldn't see his arm because it was full of mosquitoes. So if one has good samadhi, then it is able to, to help one assist uh, like this. But if you don't have that forbearance, then you should change posture it's better to, to change posture. Um, but you can slowly improve your inner strength. And when you're practicing, 
you're practicing in order to develop mindfulness and wisdom, uh, not just to endure pain. So uh, you can have to see your own strength of mind. If you're not able to do it, um, then you you change posture. But those who have more strength will be able to endure more uh, and go against that pain. But you should do it just at the right level. Otherwise, if it's beyond your strength, then you may get bored of the practice and then not want to practice at all. So then instead you should uh, change your posture, sit in the chair or do walking meditation. And then when the blood is flown, uh, is, is better uh, through the body, then you can go back to sitting again.